Welcome. I'm Guy Hazelman, the host of Mim Cuts to the Chase. Joining us for the second time as a guest is Will Patterson. Will, you may recall, is head of real estate research and strategy at MetLife Investment Management. MIM's real estate group manages $107 billion in commercial real estate and has over 200 investment professionals scattered across regional offices. Welcome, Will. Thank you, Guy. It's nice to be back. Today's topic, as you know, Will, deals with the hotel sector of the real estate marketplace, and we'll get to why you believe it offers attractive investment opportunities. But first, let's try to gain some relative perspective. When the economy was shut down, it was pretty obvious to everyone that hotels were going to take a severe hit. Can you help us understand just how bad the impact was? Yes, there's no doubt hotels were deeply impacted when the economy shut down. And it would not be an exaggeration to say 2020 was the most challenging year on record for hotel owners, certainly surpassing the lows reached following the 1990 or 2001 or 2008 recessions. Uh, To put it in perspective, almost every hotel in the country was closed for an extended period starting in 2020, which is something that has never occurred before. And we think it probably didn't even occur during the Great Depression in the 1930s. For hotel owners, this created compounding levels of stress as mortgage payments still needed to be paid. The assessor's office continued to collect property taxes and other expenses like labor costs and utilities didn't go away either. Yeah, I think it can get hard to pay your bills without much, or maybe I should say any cash coming in. So let's finish that story. What are hotel default rates these days? And maybe at the same time, you can touch on what the debt refinancing schedule looks like going forward. In the commercial mortgage-backed securities universe, about 9% of hotels are delinquent, according to tracking by TREP. And we think that this combined with the maturity pipeline could create around $8 billion in financing opportunities and equity acquisition opportunities over the next several years. That's just from CMBS alone, which is only a portion of the debt landscape. So the actual figure is likely greater than $8 billion. Yeah, it's my experience that markets generally do a decent job at repricing quickly when new developments arise. So I assume hotel valuations adjusted accordingly and commensurate to its share of pandemic-related obstacles, let's call it. Is this recalibration why you like the asset class? I mean, at the right price, I'd buy almost anything, right? Uh, Yes, that's mostly true. Although, just to put it in context, we have seen a full recovery to pre-pandemic prices across all the major property types, it's mostly not true in hotel where where many assets are still trading uh, at or below pre-pandemic levels, despite a recovery in occupancy and revenues. My view is that many real estate asset managers have been less inclined to invest in hotels because they view the sector as more complicated to, to manage and understand. So from that perspective, the market has not been as quick to sort of reprice as as these new developments have arisen. That's interesting. In trying to rephrase your answer, I, I believe you're saying that hotel valuations have recovered slower than the economics of the hotel industry as a whole, and that's partially why, in your opinion, the opportunity 
may exist here. Could you elaborate on that a bit further? So yes, as one recent example, later this month, we'll be closing on an institutional sized hotel and it has already recovered to pre-pandemic levels of demand. And when we were bidding on this asset in late 2021, we were primarily up against a few family offices, whereas pre-pandemic, we would have likely been against uh, larger institutions such as ourselves. One quick aside related to the economics of hotels is that household behavior has been shifting in favor of hotel demand. Our research indicates that over the last decade, the average U.S. household spent seven nights per year in a hotel, which is up from around one to two nights per year in the 1960s. And although I can't show your podcast listeners a chart, what is remarkable is how steady that growth has been over all of those decades. In addition to this trend, looking forward, we think flexible working arrangements may actually cause a further jump in hotel demand. What would have perhaps been a long weekend type vacation in the past may become a week-long or even longer vacation that includes a few days of remote working in the future, which obviously creates hotel demand. Additionally, we think companies that move part or all of their staff to a fully remote working environment will want occasional in-person meetings, which, which again creates hotel demand. And that was a trend we saw amongst the small number of firms who were fully remote before the pandemic. You said a few things uh, I guess I hadn't thought much about, uh, one being I, I suppose I wouldn't mind working from a beach for a few days this winter, although I'm not sure our podcast listeners would appreciate the waves crashing in the background. Last year, you published a white paper on hotels that examines occupancy rates. The paper does a nice job breaking down the granular details of the rationale driving your forecast of occupancy rates going forward. But in trying to keep it at its most basic level, aren't occupancy rates mostly just a function of supply and demand? Supply and demand is relevant to the success of all real estate, and and certainly that includes hotels. And so far, I've only been touching on the demand side of the equation. But regarding supply, the number of hotels actively under construction has been declining during the pandemic. That, of course, means the supply-demand balance is getting better with declining supply plus the uh, growing demand that I mentioned earlier. And this, combined with some of the capital market shortfalls that were also discussed earlier, are why we think there are especially good hotel opportunities in the market today. Well, I think that sums it up nicely and is a great place to stop. So thank you again, Will, for taking the time to share your thoughts once again. Well, thank you for having me and thank you to the podcast listeners for listening. It is not MetLife Investment Management's intention to provide, and you may not rely on this podcast as providing, a recommendation with respect to any particular investment strategy or investment. The information and opinions presented or contained in this podcast are provided as of the date it was published.